Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by A Voice You Know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Hello there. Hi there. How's it going? Hola. It is the month of October. The first Friday in October already. We've reached the 10th month of the year. How did that happen? I don't even understand. Uh, High school football getting ready for week number seven tonight, kicking off in just a couple of hours, actually, as I record this. It's about 3 o'clock on a Friday, and I got done just talking uh, to one of the uh, two guests this week in the Lipsick district-bound golf coach in Kevin Brandt. He's pretty hype. That's just going to be what happens here. And a couple of days ago, talked to Ohio Northern University football coach Dean Paul. Both of those gentlemen coming up in just a second, but looking at the world of sports in the area, starting with high school football, big night in the Western Buckeye League. St. Mary's will uh, travel to uh, Kenton. You can hear that game on a K-94 at about 625 as the Rough Riders try to go for win number three in a row and get to four and two in the WBL. Kenton sitting at 0-6 on the year. Bath takes on Defiance. Elida goes to Wapak. Van Wert at Shawnee. A Shawnee team off two straight losses to Wapak and, o- and St. Mary's trying to get back on the winning track and 1-5 Salina tangles with 3-3 three and three, Autumn Glendorf. Mac football, number 11 Versailles plays host to Anna. Number 1 Coldwater travels to St. Henry. That'll be a battle. St. John's at Parkway. Fort Recovery at number 1 Marion Local. How about this for Fort Recovery? They're 2-4 and four in the season. They're 0-4 in the Mac. Shows you how good the Mac is this year. Number 10 to Bremen at Minster. Northwest Conference football. Ada goes to Spencerville. Allen East to uh, Champions Field in uh, Delphus to take on Delphus Jefferson. Lipstick at Bluffton. Crestview at Columbus Grove. That game on WZOQ Radio should be a dandy. That's uh, a lot of great games going on. World of Volleyball. The uh, WBL title might have been decided last night. Number two, Ottawa Glendor fell to number 19, Salina. Salina, the last team to beat OG, happened 52 games ago in a WBL wins in a row at home for OG. It hadn't happened since 2009 that somebody beat OG in conference at Ottawa Glendorf, but Salina did it 3-1 last night. Mac Volleyball, you've got number one to Bremen, number three, New Knoxville, both sitting in the top of that league. Number one, Coldwater in Division Three picked up a 3-1 win Last night against Fort Recovery, they're now 14-2 overall, but they sit at 3-2 in their league, or 4-2 now in their league. And then uh, that uh, that was a big one. Boys soccer, you've got Shawnee sitting at 5-0. OG is 5-1. Uh, Elida is 4-1-1. Girls soccer last night, probably the Western Buckeye League decided. Shawnee moved to uh, 7-0 in league play. They're 11-1. On the overall, Ottawa Glendorf dropped their first loss of the season in a one nothing game that was on at WZOQ Radio last night. OG had a big win on Monday night against Salina to keep pace, but a lot of things kind of coming and going. St. Mary's beat Shawnee by two shots in the WBL golf tournament last week. Those teams in the Western Buckeye League all getting ready for their district. Minster won the uh, MAC golf title. Jack Gerker was the medalist and the player of the year, and uh, girls golf, Coldwater, won both the tournament and the season title. Jordan Hemelgarn was the medalist. Jalen Bruns of Fort Recovery ends up sneaking out that player of the year award, and that's a lot of big things that are going on right now in the world of sports. We've got the uh, world of football taking center stage tonight, soccer action taking uh, place tomorrow. I've got uh, Salina 
in boys' action, taking on Collide at 2 o'clock on WZOQ Radio. But uh, just so much great stuff, and uh, there are a lot of great games going on tonight. You can watch that replay of that Ottawa-Glendorf game, uh, the volleyball game uh, from last night. I believe it's 8.30, 8 or 8.30 tonight, as well as the soccer game. Those are both on WOSN. But coming up here in just a few, we talk about college football. Dean Paul, the head coach at Ohio Northern University, will be followed by Lipsix golf coach. And uh, a very, very proud papa. We'll talk to Kevin Brandt as well. All of those things coming up when we come back here on Around the Hearn. I'm with Eric McCracken, Lee Kinsel, GM Sales and Service, 650 West Irvin Road, Van Wert. We have left the dealership, and we are in a beautiful Buick. Eric, what are we in? 2021 Buick Enclave Avenue here, Billy. This thing is the bomb. I tell you what, cruising down Irvin Road, just smooth as ice and a lot of features. I like the cooled seats. You know, when it's summertime, cooled seats are a nice feature. Keeps my back from getting all sweaty. Absolutely. This has the cooled seats. It's all-wheel drive, beautiful chestnut interior. These cars are a Pointed one of the finest luxury cars in the world, and they do have three rows of seats. And everybody loves the room this car offers. Big V6 motor, a lot of fun to drive, and they really turn heads. I noticed the backup camera, but I also noticed a camera overhead. How's that doing that from a satellite in the sky? That's the bird's eye view. What it does is uses about six cameras around the car. It's a very safe vehicle. One of the many vehicles waiting for you, Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service, 650 West Irvin Road, Van Wert. And remember, find new roads. Back now talking about college football at Ohio Northern University, a polar bear football with head coach in Dean Paul, who's been there for a couple of years leading the uh, program. And uh, one quick thing I want to ask you, Coach, uh, I just saw my wife pointed this out to me that Northern has the biggest enrollment that they've ever had. I think it's been at least like 15 years. Uh, so it is, yeah, it's a, uh, I think there's some good positive momentum going on right now that uh, we've had really good retention uh, during these uncertain times. I think that says a lot about the university. I think we had about 88% retention of our students stayed from last year to, you know, coming in as to the COVID transition. So yeah, I think the, the enrollment of the freshmen is really good. So yeah, the enrollment's looking very strong. It's obviously good news for you because that means more players to pull from. Well, I think it's just good for the university in general. Um, you know, it, it, it probably just means that in, I think overall people are finding that they, they like the university. So they stay at the university. Um, you know, the retention tells you something overall, which also helps us as our players are staying at a rate that's a good number. And then also just the incoming class was a strong one for us as well, you know, in terms of the number of incoming freshmen, uh, going through the COVID year and all that. So, yeah, I think it has paralleled uh, the number of overall you know enrollment. Well, I've always loved the way that your roster is composed because with the amazing programs that Northern has, it brings kids not only from all over the country. You get a lot of kids from Florida, and I've always joked about how do you sell kids on coming to the Ada Winters. But, I mean, you've even got a defensive back from Japan. Yeah, yeah, it's uh... – I, mean, I think you're, you're right. It's, it, a lot of it has to do with uh, the university. The majors that we have do help us draw some people a little further away. No doubt about that. But uh, we also work at it. You know, we work at it pretty hard to try to identify people that fit academically for us and that also have the, the ability. But, yeah, the young man from Japan really was a lead that we got from our international admissions office. And so they kind of started the 
contacts and they passed it on. And, you know, we always talk about in recruiting, you always want to follow up on all the leads. You know, you get leads from alumni, we get leads internally from, you know, sometimes the, like in this case, admissions. Another case, it might be from an academic program or maybe another uh, fellow coach in the department. So, yeah, you always want to follow up on your leads and see if there's a good match. And I've always thought that's kind of one thing that Northern does so well, whether it's in the business programs or whether it's the football team or any of the other sports, is being able to sort of network. And when you're a bear, we take care of you. Oh, yeah. No, there's no question about that. It's really important. Uh, you know, whether it's uh, alumni, you know, trying to continue to maintain those contacts or whether it's the uh, resources we have on campus with the fellow coaches in the department or other faculty members. But yeah, I think it's something we pride ourselves on here that, you know, we, we are part of a larger community. It's not just about like our program trying to try to operate out on our own. It's, it's a, you know, just a greater cause of the entire university. If you have success that's outside the I guess that it does not align with the overall, uh, you know, just university mission, then it's not true success. You need to operate within the mission and have the success that aligns with the entire university. I still assume, though, when you get kids, for instance, Gianni McRae on campus from Miami, that it has to be, he has to be uh, visiting sometime when it's warm, right? Uh, He did. (laughs) Johnny, Johnny visited in June. It was a late. Uh, late visit, uh, for sure. Usually most of our recruiting is done that winter and spring, but, you know, we, we learned about him a little later in the process and he brought his whole family up. I think he had four siblings, both parents piled in the car and drove from South Florida right to Ada, no stops. I've so, made that trip. <laughs> it's not fun. I, I, I don't know if I've quite made that far. I think I've been to Central Florida a few times, but I usually fly when we go to South Florida. So yeah, it's a hike and, he showed up, and here he is, you know, a few years later, ready to graduate. So I just it's can't wait cool. to hear the story about the first time that it, it snowed when you guys got to November, December, and he's just like, why Why did I come to Ohio again? Well, we try to, you know, I always tell these guys when we're recruiting them, and say, hey, man, like, there's going to be times, you know, if they start asking about the weather, I say straight up, here's the deal. There's going to be times where you're going to love it. There's going to be times where you don't. And, you know, it's just that's, that's the way it is. But instead of complaining about what it's like in December, remember how nice it is. Like right now today, okay, here we are in the September. It is beautiful outside. If they were still down in South Florida, it would be blazing hot when they went to practice. So I always try to tell them, there's a trade-off. You know, the trade-off is right now when you're in the fall and you see the, you know, the leaves changing and, and just the awesome Midwest fall, you know, that's, that's the trade-off of what you're going to have to deal with in December and January. <laughs> so. I'm just saying I've walked around that Tundra campus, the way that the wind blows through there. The trees do not knock that wind down at all. The first time that happens, you're just kind of like, man, I must really love it here if I'm dealing with this. There's no doubt. We just tell them you got to dress appropriately. You know, I mean, you got to have the right gear when you're walking across that Tundra in uh, December, January. But we also always tell them, hey, the good news is when the weather's the worst is when you're really home for like a whole month. So you, you make it through. You know, in November, you go home, and in uh, December, you come back, and you get to spring break, and then it starts warming up. So, yeah, our roster is um, pretty diverse. I think we have around 17 states represented. We've, um, you know, we still hit Florida. We don't quite spend as much time there as we used to due to some of the competition down there. Um, That's one of the reasons why, you know, Florida's always been a a place you want to spend some time on is the quality of football is phenomenal. 
Um, and there's, there really aren't any division three programs. There's a couple division two and a few NEIA, but there are more NEIA now certainly than there were five or 10 years ago. So we still, we, we look at our areas in Florida that have been the most profitable and we spend some time there, but not as much as we used to. And we've, we've kind of redirected that time into Georgia and Georgia right now, I think we have about four or five young men that start for us from Georgia. So Georgia's kind of been really, really productive lately. Well, and the one thing that I've always loved the most is following and calling high school football is the amount of kids that you guys get from the area. And not only that, mm-hmm. but from the programs. I mean, you've got – see, she's excited about it. You've got yeah. uh, a handful of uh, – Mary Local jumps out to me. You get the hometown kids yep. in Ada. But, I mean, that's such a cool thing of, uh, you know, however you want to look at the landscape of people are taking notice and they want to make it an event here at Northern. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, you look at our team right now, and Limeland's always been important to us, and there's some great competition, but we always try to build the foundation there. And right now, if you look at our captains, you know, two of our four captains are guys that are within 30 minutes or 40 minutes of campus. So I think that's that's pretty, you know, that's that's encouraging to see that. We want to continue to build that and, you know, build the foundation close, knowing that we will also branch out elsewhere, but that the foundation has to come from Lima land and surrounding areas. Your 2020 season is just a whole myriad of things. It gets played in 21. You play the four games. The fifth one gets pushed away with everything going on. But how great is it to be able to have with the the conditions, guys like Chase Rose back, guys like Johnny, guys like Brody Hahn that are having big years right now for your program? Oh, yeah, it's, it's awesome. I mean, you know, you wish a couple of other young men that kind of had their senior year cut short, you know, were able to experience it. But, you know, we did the best with what we could in the spring. But, yeah, to be able to get, like, Jared Sitton from Paulding and, you know, Chase, you know, Chase Rose, you know, from USV right here local and, and, and other guys like Brody and, and some other fifth-year seniors, Jared Rittenauer, one of our linemen, you know, to have allow them the uh, full season and for them to enjoy that and maybe pick up another extra class or two or a minor, um, you know, it's, it's something that's, uh, we, we, it's been, it's been great. So it's, uh, you know, wish we could have had the full season last year, but it's just the kind of what we're dealing with. And I think our guys handled it pretty well. Is there anything too from a coaching perspective or anything you can take from, I guess, a thought perspective of two of the five teams that were on your schedule for last year, you played them already early this year, or is it, with everything that's sort of happened between the spring and the fall, that it's just kind of a wash? No, we definitely did take some things. I mean, you know, a lot of those teams had a lot of their same players coming back. Um, you know, we've noticed so far that uh, a lot of the teams, um, their seniors, you know, most of their seniors came back for a fifth year. Um, we had a lot of our guys, but not all of our guys. And we kind of joke that's where maybe – having so many guys who were graduating earlier or on time maybe hurt us a little bit because, you know, we just had so many guys that were going to be done with school and they had to make that tough decision. So we had about four or five that were all conference type players that, you know, that moved on and graduated, started grad school, started, you know, life after football. But no, there's definitely been some carryover Uh, schematically. It's what some of those teams did as well as the personnel that they had from last year. Um, So that's been kind of interesting to play somebody so close. Um, and it looked back at some of those games. So looking at Brody, this is the one that fascinates me. Just I'm always from a numbers perspective. Two of your last six games, 
He's now shattered the school record for passing yards in a game. What's the was there a point coming into twenty one? I guess your twenty season, but it happens in the spring of twenty one that he just I don't know how to say it, just hit that flourish, or was it just something that everything he's been working on is just kind of now falling into place? Well, he's played a lot of college football. You know, he started for three years in Muskingum prior to transferring here. So a lot of that experience, I think, is definitely paying off. Um, He makes good decisions. We've always known, even playing against him, that he had the ability to create um, and extend plays. And he he has a really good, you know, I think, supporting cast here with the receivers. And I think the coaches are doing a good job of using the personnel. You know, we have good running backs. Uh, The offensive line is maturing. Um, So it's a a good combination, and we feel like they're gaining more and more confidence. And we're going to have a tough tough test this week for sure because Marietta's defense has been lights out uh, this year and even back in the spring. So definitely have our hands full there with the quality of defense that we'll be going against. But we're building more and more confidence. I would imagine it also helps that you're able to have a three-year letter winner in Brock Martin at running back that – does so many different things well. Yeah, he's versatile. I mean, he can catch the ball. He, he um, you know, typically blocks, you know, well. He's a physical player. And, yeah, and having a tight end in the depth, we, you know, tight end Noah Miller from, you know, Coldwater here. He had a really good freshman year. He's a really good player. And we have depth at tight end. We have the receivers, you know, are just a really deep group. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good combination of weapons. It's probably not a shock to anybody who's ever heard anything. Oh, a kid from Coldwater, he's pretty good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't too shocking that he came in and played at a really high level uh, right away. It's kind of funny because I remember talking to him, and when he had had told me, you know, I'm going to go to Northern. I remember thinking, wow, that is about as perfect of a fit for you as it could be, both with the school, both with the program, and you don't even really have to change the colors of all of your apparel. Yeah. No question. You know, and his, his uh, dad went here, played basketball here. So they had some polar bear, you know, black and orange polar bear gear to go along with their black and orange cab, you know, calves gear. So it, it, it worked out pretty well. And I would think that it, it also helps, too, to be able to bring in kids like that, like we were talking about, that have that winning pedigree and are used to all the little things. And I know that Chip Otten preaches that about being a special teams guy, being a head coach for years that – if we do all those little things well, we're going to be able to just have them be as easy and natural of a thing during the game. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, you, you love having guys that come from winning programs as a coach. They understand, not that you don't recruit those that don't win, you know. I mean, obviously every situation is different, but it, it always is um, a good thing to bring in players that know how to win, know how to work. You know, they're not going to cut corners. They're not going to push back. They're coachable. They're good teammates. They understand, you know, being unselfish, all those things that some of the better teams, you know, consistently do year after year. So far this year, you, you start out with that big win. You get Denison 34-10. Lose at Muskingum, and I know that's not a fun drive home no matter what, let alone with kind of the way that that game went back and forth. But come out, drill Wilmington, drill Otterbein, homecoming coming up. I mean, that's a, a nice chance to uh, – kind of get everybody home and hopefully have a big night or afternoon as it were. Yeah, no doubt. We want to just continue to improve, continue to build momentum. Um, it's a really good, you know, test. 
as we look at our season so far, we feel like at times we've shown that we're a really, really good football team that, that can beat anybody. And uh, there's some other times we've kind of, you know, slipped back a little bit. But I think, um, you know, the win against Denison continues to look impressive. Uh, they, you know, have not lost since they, you know, came here and, and, and we beat them. They beat Wittenberg this week. And, you know, Muskie was a back-and-forth game. We just didn't quite get it done. Didn't coach well enough, didn't play well enough, didn't just – just didn't give them credit, but I don't think we put forth our best effort. But I think what we did the last two weeks um, shows, again, kind of getting back on track. And what we talked to the team about was sometimes some disappointment or diversity like that can kind of be the ticket to a path that you may not have been able to get to in terms of your potential. Sometimes there's a sense of urgency that steps up. Sometimes there's a there's this focus on growth and you know, sometimes some of that adversity can really just take you to get, be the ticket to a place maybe you were not able to, you know, going to be going um, without dealing with some of that. So, we, you know, you never want to lose a, you know, lose a game like that. You feel like very easily sort of won, but you try to look back and say, what do you learn from it? Uh, we always tell our guys, there's wins, losses, and lessons. And a lot, it's really only a loss if you don't learn something from it, if you don't move forward, if you don't build, if you don't grow. And I feel like so far we've grown after that game. They gassed the buses up for you guys for pretty good trips this year. Just the way that it falls out. I mean, in a, a 13-day span, you go to John Carroll, you go to Mount Union. Uh, yeah. Those those trips, are you able to kind of impart anything on the kids on those drives, or is it just kind of, all right, everybody get themselves ready, we'll go up there, we'll have a conversation when we get there? Uh, we, we t- I think we just talk a lot about maximizing every – you know, minute you have the the best players, the best teams, they um, they're productive, they're intentional with their time. So, if we're on the bus for you know two hours and fifteen minutes, you know, here are this type of things you should be doing. You know, you can sit there and you look at some YouTube videos. You can goof around, play some games on your on your phone, or you can be watching some video. Continue to think through the scout report and think through some of the the things that we're going to be presented. So that takes maturity, it takes discipline, but, you know, we talk about things like that, but at the same time, we also don't micromanage every single move they make either. Well, they don't, they don't know what it's like to have YouTube without commercials though. <laughs> this is true. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> this is true. For Bring me, when I look at your schedule, the game that it, it hits home and obviously it means the most to me. And I'm sure a lot of other people is the game, October 23rd with capital, the breast cancer awareness game. I mean, is that something that has been in the works for a while? Kind of how did that come about? Well, we've worked with um, one of the stories here at ONU for a while. I'm not sure how many years we've done this, but I know my daughter graduated here three years ago and she was part of the Zeta uh, sorority. And I know we did at least the four years here. She was here. So that would make it at least seven or eight years. But I feel like it's, it, it's probably been going on most of the time that I've been here that we had the partnership with the Zetas. Um, that they have this, you know, awareness and this cause and we would support it. And, um, you know, by, you know, some things on game day, as far as, you know, announcements and, you know, PR, but also, you know, we always tell our players like, you know, that we'd like them to, you know, think about kind of donating to the cause themselves. And, you know, if you want to wear some pink tape or pink spat tape on, that's cool. But, you know, you can help if everybody just chips in a couple bucks and that we can make also a donation as a team. And our guys have been uh, receptive to that and uh, proud of them and the coaches for doing that. So we've been able to partner with SEDA to, you know, to help make that a successful event. I know you haven't gotten to the last handful of years because of everything with COVID, but 
how much have these trips meant? Uh, you know, you went to Switzerland one year, and you guys have mm-hmm. been pretty much all over the map of not only being able to sort of uh, spread Ohio Northern University, but just for the experience of getting the kids together. Oh, it's a, it's a, something we always look forward to. It's every three years. Um, this would be the third year because we went in 19 to Switzerland and Germany, like you said, but we're going to delay it one year just to kind of have more time to plan and prepare. It's a pretty big undertaking, as you can imagine, taking a, you know, a bunch of guys. Um, but, you know, not every player does it. It's a, it's a voluntary thing. You have to do some fundraising, but it's an amazing experience to go to a different country, play an exhibition game. We do it in the spring and um, it's a little bit about football, but it's also quite a bit about uh, promoting excuse me, the game, the university, the game of American football, uh, the university, uh, seeing some, some of the different sites. Typically, the university will offer a class prior to that trip um, that really would help them learn about where we're going. So it's pretty, pretty neat to see the guys learn about things about Germany or Switzerland and then go there and then see some of the things they learn in the classroom. So we get a court, you know, co- uh, coordination and cooperation with our history and the political science department to put things like that together to offer a class. And they go see what they're, what they learn about in the class. So it's awesome. Um, the game itself, you know, has been up and down on how competitive it is, but the last game was crazy because the Germans, we were playing really what's more of a semi-pro team. And they had uh, six Americans that had played scholarship football. They're being paid to play there and uh, mixed in with a bunch of big German guys that were like 22, 24, 25 years old. So it was a really close game, and, and uh, we were definitely smaller than them, but uh, we had we were able to make a few plays and get it done. So that was kind of neat. I've always been curious about this with, I don't know if I can say this out loud, but with you being a Mount grad, is it? Yeah. Does it? Are you still at the point where it kind of means a little bit more? Obviously, it's your your game, your conference. You're always playing one of the top teams in the country. But I mean, in terms of, I'm sure you and your buddies kind of go back and forth during Mount Week, or at least afterwards. Hmm. Yeah, I think um, you know it's it's been a while, of course, being here and being removed from Mount Union. But you know, I mean, ton of respect for them and all the all the coaches and the players and the guys I played with and the guys that you know, stayed there coaching for many years that were there when I, I played or even played with me. But, um, yeah, it was weird the first year or two to kind of be standing there at the sideline. But like, you get over that in about five minutes in pregame, and it's just like, okay, you're playing football. And then, yeah, you, I get some flack from some of my buddies. and um, But I think, honestly, too, when we, you know, when we had success and beat them, um, you know, there were many of those guys who kind of just said, hey, if we were going to lose, we were glad – that, you know, somebody connected to, to, you know, Mount Union was part of that. So, you know, that was kind of good, you know, nice to see. And but we just, we, um, we just keep pushing and, and keep, uh, you know, battling. And it's a, it's a, it's a team we have a ton of respect for one where we look forward to playing whenever that falls in that schedule. That's for sure. Well, my wife was in college when you guys beat them and ended their winning streak. And I remember there was quite a party in Ada that night. Uh, I will not confirm or deny that. <laughs> well, yeah, you don't have to. I, I've, I've seen it everywhere. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. I, I love being able to uh, talk to you about ONU football. You got it. You got it. We appreciate the support, and uh, you know, hopefully, we can get a, you know keep it rolling right here. It's a, it's a big big test this week against Marietta. That's Dean Paul, the head coach at Ohio Northern University. Back with more here in just a few. 
The Lipsick Eagles on State Route 65 in Lipsick invite you to enjoy their daily lunch specials. Stop in for their family-friendly atmosphere. Not a member? Give them a call at 419-943-3044 to inquire on how to join. Members enjoy daily lunch specials. The Lipsick Eagles is open every day from 10 a.m. to 1 a.m. Give them a call at 943-3044. The Lipsick Eagles wishing best of luck to the Vikings. If you've ever listened to this podcast before, I've said for a long time, the goal of this podcast is to try to get things out of the mainstream with just football or basketball or whatever it is. And I've been trying to get golf on this podcast because I'm not good. Like, that's just the the opening to this. But now I get to talk to uh, Kevin Brandt, the head coach at Lipsick, and he's not only got a vested interest because his son's on the team, they're also pretty good. And uh, I'm so happy to be able to talk to you, Kevin, because you guys just did something you've never done before in school history. That is correct. And uh, thanks, Mike, for having us on. Uh, we're uh, I'm still pretty excited, still pretty pumped up, even this, almost 24 hours later, and I'm almost still kind of shaking. I'm so excited just for the kids, just to see how, how pumped up they were yesterday and how excited they were. For the first time in school history, we're heading the district of a team. So uh, this is a... Uh, New new waters for us, and uh, we couldn't be more happy and more excited for the for the challenges ahead of us. And it's so great because you get such a different variance from what the, how the scores have kind of been up and through the year. You had the PCL tournament recently, but before we get to your actual team, here's my question for you: How did you let Keith Utendorf get Coach of the Year? He's never going <laughs> to let anybody live that down. Oh man, I know that's 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 a killer. That's that's really hard. Uh, it's really hard to handle, but uh, heck no, Keith's an awesome guy, and they, and they deserve, he deserves it, man. They got a great team, and uh, you know, anytime you have a Kaleida in the league, and you end up uh, either sharing with them or or you know, wrapping, you know, just beating them at least once a season, you deserve to be coach of the year. <laughs> well, it's funny because I joke with him all the time, but he is the most frequent guest on this podcast. I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> Uh, well, you better branch out, man. You better branch out. Right, right. He's the guy you call when you have nothing else going on. No, but I, I love him, and I love Me that too. the uh, coaching staffs, obviously you guys all coach different yeah. sports. You see each other all year long. That yeah. It's such a, a tight-knit group, and especially with Putnam County. I mean, those kids see each other all the time. It's just a different sport, a different club, a different ball. Absolutely. And Keith and I uh, have become closer over the years. Uh, I, Luckily, this year he had a chance to coach Mason in AAU as well. So, you know, he had a chance to to, to work with Mason one on one personally. I mean, he knew Mason before, but you know, just to just to be able to coach him and, and learn to, to learn more about him, uh, I think Keith has a, has a good understanding, or even better understanding, of what kind of kid Mason is. And, and you know, so I think Keith and I relationship has grown too. So it's been it's been awesome. Okay, well, since you went that way, I'll uh, I'll kind of bridge back towards that. This process with Mason, he ends up committing to Finley to play basketball, which is an absolutely phenomenal school, a great gym, and a heck of a program. What was uh, – take me through the recruiting process because you guys went through a lot of different things, kind of looked at a lot of different angles. And, I mean, for him and for you, it's obviously great when you finally get to the end of the bridge and go, okay, I feel like this is perfect. But it's still – kind of that once-in-a-lifetime ride you go through? Man, that's a whole other – that's probably a whole other podcast, too. Everything that I learned about the recruiting – I mean, I've been coaching basketball for 20 years. 
I've never been lucky enough to have a kid that wanted to go to the next level, uh, you know, wanted to work to that, towards that goal. So I, the whole recruiting process for me was brand new, not only as a coach, but as a parent. Uh, it's mind-blowing. I mean, I can't believe <laughs> all of the ebbs and flows and the ups and downs and the disappointments and the frustrations and the, and the excitement that you go through in such a short period of time. Ours was a short period of time. I can't imagine the kids, the parents that do it for years upon years. You know, some of these kids start getting recruited so early. I can't imagine going through it for so long because with Mason, you know, as you know, you've seen, I mean, Mason's been a good player. Mason last year, if you'd have told me at this time last year, Mason would be playing at the University of Finley next year, I'd have told you you're crazy because, I mean, I knew Mason was a good player. Mason's a good, solid high school basketball player. And, you know, he was small, he was frail, he was six foot at the max. And, you know, he could shoot it and he was highly skilled, but he had trouble getting getting things done on the court. Well, he's grown four inches in a year. He's now six four. So that, that obviously helped him. Uh, and, you know, so at the end of his junior year, I mean, he had a great junior year, 17 and a half points a game, seven and a half rebounds a game, led our league in assists, five assists a game. Just an all around really good player. We were getting nothing as far as recruiting. And Mason has wanted to play basketball at the next level for as long as I can remember, for as long as he can walk. That's been his goal. He didn't care if it was D3, D2, NAI. He didn't care. He just wanted to play at the next level. So Coach Neal at Bluffton saw him play against Grove. Mason had a great game against Grove. Obviously a great team last year with Reynolds and Bernesser and all the boys. Uh, he had a great game. And Coach Neal came and, and he was watching one of the Grove boys. And I've known Coach Neal for a long time. And he he kind of talked talk to Coach Kuhlman after the game about, you know, Mason's really good and kind of said, you know, he's 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 going to be a great player someday. So he kind of show, he didn't really show a whole lot of interest, but I emailed Coach Neal and just kind of said, hey, you know, Coach Kuhlman talked to me about you said mention it. And he flat out said, he goes, Mason's going to be too good for D3 when it's all said and done. I kind of thought it was crazy because Mason had had no, we'd had no interest from anyone at that point in time. And we were just happy that Bluffton was, you know, showing a little bit of interest. So he said, well, I can bring you on a visit and we can do all this. And I said, absolutely, we want to go. So, you know, at the end of May, we went to Bluffton. And, I, and, and this is no disrespect to Bluffton at all. But if you'd have told, you know, four months later, almost four months of the day later, we're at the University of Finley sitting across from one of, the, one of the best D2 programs, the head coach and one of the best D2 programs, not just in Ohio, but nationally. And he's offered him a full ride. I thought I would have told you you're crazy. But that's how fast it happened in the front of four months. At the end of May, so, you know, just a couple weeks ago, Mason kind of blew up. He was under the radar. I mean, not many schools knew about him. He worked his tail off. And, and, and you know, parents say it all the time, and I'm not one of those parents that is going to lie to you. The kid is in the gym every day. He doesn't miss a day. He's in, he's in the weight room. He's in the gym. He is motivated every single day to do something at the next level. And, uh, you know, he, he obviously grew four inches and that helped get him on the radar. He's now six, four with point guard skills and can shoot the lights out. Uh, and he had a big summer, man. He had a real big summer. He played well in his AAU games, but the best thing is, the best thing is he played really well at elite camps, went to a lot of elite camps, starting with Malone. And that really got him on the radar on the D2 scene. I think, uh, he was really impressed with there. And then Finley had him come in twice to their elite camps. And uh, he just, you know, and just to give you an example, the, the second time he went, they he made uh, they, they started each camp with 100 threes 
and the kid made 83 threes out of 100 with the coaching staff pretty much standing in his back pocket the entire time. So, yeah, it just kind of shows what kind of summer he had, and, and his attitude has changed. He's a lot more aggressive now on the floor um, with things he had to improve on, and uh, he's just he's totally flipped as a player. So it, it's been a fun, wild ride. Uh, but once Finley came along, that's been Mason's goal since, you know, we've gone – I started with my dad. My dad and I used to go to University of Finley games all the time when he was living. And, uh, you know, we just enjoyed the, the quality of basketball that they always had and how they played. And then I started taking my boys when they were born. You know, we've gone for a long, long time. i got a good relationship with Coach Ernst for a long time, Coach Neekamp. Coach Neekamp actually coached Mason when he was in sixth grade. So that was another, that's another cool little tidbit, to how the full circle works there. Uh, but... You know, so we knew that we always, Mason and I always said when this process started, if we could, if we could ever get an offer from the University of Philly, that's kind of like our Super Bowl. That would be it. That would be, you know, we were trying to be realistic about D1s and stuff like that. We knew that was going to be, you know, a far stretch. But we thought, man, if we could get University of Philly, that's our Super Bowl. That's our ultimate goal. So this recruiting process was going hot and hot and heavy here. And then Finley showed interest. And then we went on a visit and, uh, they offered, and I mean, after they offered, Mace and I had a quick discussion. I said, dude, is there anything else you want to do besides Philly? He's like, no, this is this is what I want. I said, well, let's end this recruiting process. We had a couple of visits already scheduled. He had, he'd had about four or five offers on the table already, and I think he was going to get a few more when he went to on the visits. But uh, he, he said, this is it, Dad. That's what I want. I want to, I want to, I want to go to Finley. And I said, well, let's end it. That way you can enjoy your senior season and not have any of that pressure on you. This is where you want to go. This is where I want you to go. Uh, you know, I love Coach Ernst, and I can't wait to see what they do with him as far as development. And it's close to home, man. It's 20 minutes from us. You know, I'm a big supporter of all athletics, but uh, my kids come first and, and, and when it comes to watching games. And I can't wait to, to be close enough to watch, you know, almost the majority of all of his games. So excited. Who's harder on him, though? Coach Kevin or Dad? <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess that I mean, question is... One. Are you able, or are you guys able to, with the relationship that you have, sort of when you walk out of the gym, whether it's at Lipsick or when you get back from an away game, walk in the door at your house and it's just kind of, okay, we can leave it. It is what it is. We've already had this conversation. That's a that's a, qual- that's a quality question. I get that. We get that a lot, obviously, because of you. Know, you want to know that every, and I think every coach father son relationship is different and it all depends on your family you know and and there's no right or way to wait right right or wrong way to do it in my opinion it's what works best for you and what works best for me and us is of course there's always there's always the exception to the rule there might be some times where i might be just a little bit more upset about certain things than other days and i might just bring it up right away but most most of the time michael i try to i try not to bring it up I, i once we leave the locker room um I try not to bring it up, but what the, the thing with Mason is, it's different. And I don't, and I'm not trying to, there's no reason for me to, to, to make it better, make him sound better than what he is. He wants to learn. He wants to know. He flat out will, it may not be right away, but he will ask me, all right, I know something. I know you want to say something. What is it? You know, he will, he will, he will ask. And, and the, the kid watches hours of film. So he will, he'll be watching the film and he'll say, okay, what, what do you think about this or what? So he kind of, and I kind of wait till he brings it up. Once he brings it up and I tell him, once you bring it up, dude, it's, it's fair game. Like I'm, I'm allowed to go where I want to go. So if you don't bring it up, then I'm going to, I'm going to keep it in until I can find the right time to do it. 
But once you ask, then it's on. So, and he does most of the, I mean, 95% of the time, he's going to bring it up and say, what do you think? It may not be right after the game. It may be a few hours later, maybe the next day. But I know sooner or later he's going to come to me and we're going to have a discussion about, you know, good or bad, what we thought about the, the night before or that, or that, you know, that contest. So that's really easy. That's an easy thing for us. And other than that, I mean, I mean, if you know Mace, you know he's a really laid back kid. He's very even keeled, and he's not gonna, you know, he's not gonna fly off the handle either way. So you know, you can you can coach him. He's so coachable with that aspect. So it's really easy for me to, to have a conversation with him. And never, I don't think even, I don't think it's ever been heated ever between him and I when it comes to basketball. He may not like what I say, but it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> he probably doesn't. Uh, <laughs> the thing I've always loved about the way that with uh with you guys as assistants and when Chris was an assistant now to where he's the head coach is there's always one or two coaches on your staff that isn't that far removed from being a Viking in themselves and and I've always kind of felt like just kind of from watching the outside of it has to really help maybe connect things with the kids at times of you know I played for these guys it wasn't like it was eons ago and I'm kind of able to be a conduit between you and them of, I still get what you're saying and I get what they're saying. And it's obviously led to some, some success. Oh, uh, absolutely, man. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's important. I really do. I really think that you got to have that connection. Uh, you know, you got to have those guys that have your back, you know, example of those guys that have your back that have been through wars with you. Uh, and of course we have that, we have that in our junior high program with Skip Schrader and, and Devin Mangus. And we have it with Ruben Rodriguez. I mean, Ruben, Ruben played for me when I was a head coach. So he, he knows me obviously very well and knows what, what, what sets me off and what, what I like and what I don't like. So, you know, having those guys absolutely is a huge part of our success and, and it's very important to us, I believe. I always enjoy going to Lipsick for BBC, uh, now NWC games. <laughs> yeah. Obviously that hasn't yep. happened yet, but, uh, the kind of the oddity of, did, did that, uh, kind of switching back to golf, did that, come through this year i mean with you guys obviously see a lot of different teams the way that golf in the area is set up anyways but with this year being a little bit different with facing the northwest conference and the pcl as opposed to uh, having most of the bbc in there yeah it's it's totally different for us we didn't play we only we only played two bbc teams this year and that was in a non-league match with, with macomb and arcadia the same day our schedule got so filled so full so quick because in the NWC, they do it different than, than the BBC did. They do home-and-home matches. So we had to play each other twice. So with the golf season, you get 20 contests total. And that does include like your league tournaments and things like that. So we're in two leagues, so that's already two more tournaments. Any invitationals or invites that you play count as contests. So our, our schedule was plumb full. I mean, I think we had maybe three non-league matches all year in golf. So, you know, that makes it pretty difficult. You've got to be pretty good. And golf is such a short season. You're playing three times a week on an average. So, you know, if you're having a bad week, <laughs> you can be you can be in a world of trouble in a hurry with our leagues that we're in. So, you know, we, we played we played all 20 contests and, and, and hardly had any round leagues. So we got to see – we don't get to see too much outside of our leagues with the PCL and the NWC. We go through the PCL season. Mason ends up as the uh, player of the year. Uh, you get the build to the sectionals. You guys go through and again have a big round, and now you go through the districts. And I mean, like you said, in a short span. But 
you must have the kids. They must all be playing well because the reverse of what you just said seems to be true right now. Man, yeah, I know. I hate talking about Mason again, but I just wanted to tell you that, you know, I, I didn't know coming into the season what kind of year he's going to have golf-wise because he had played so much basketball. I mean, he had spent, he put all his eggs in one basket. He had played all through the summer, June, July. He was in, you know, doing a lot in the August, late, or late July. Uh, and so he didn't get a chance to play a whole lot of golf this summer, you know, and, and like the year before with COVID with things being shut down. I mean, honestly, golf was about the only thing you could do. So we were at the golf course almost every day, him, Mason, myself, and, and Brevin, my younger son, uh, we were there almost every day and Mason made a humongous jump. He, he played over 150 times before his junior year. And that's, that's why I think he got so much better uh, before his junior year. So coming into senior year, I kept telling him, dude, don't be disappointed if you don't play as good as you did last year because you haven't put the time in. I mean, he started playing at the end of July. Don't get me wrong. He would play two, three times a week, but nothing like the year before. So I was really kind of worried that because I knew with a young team with a lot of inexperience that he was going to have to carry us. And he started the year red hot, and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe how, how well he played at the beginning of the year. And thankfully, a lot of those PCL matches were at the beginning of the year. And, you know, he averaged a 37 for – all the PCL matches together. So that got him, you know, during the season, got him a lot of points towards that player of the year. And then, uh, you know, he, then Monday he played really good, or last, excuse me, last, last week, yeah, Monday, he played really good at Bluffton. Uh, windy day, he birdied two of the three last holes coming in to steal that player of the year. You know, and what a, you know, there's some dang good players in the PCL. Ryan Clousing, Carter Schnipke, Keaton Schnipke, Connor Narker, I mean, Justin Seaman from Clyde, these kids, the names go on and on. For him to get PCL Player of the Year and and not really have focused on that, I think is, is a really, uh, man, it's a testament to his God-given athletic ability. I mean, there's no doubt about it. So, you know, he, he, he started off the year playing really well for us, and we needed that because I got, I only have nine kids, and one of them's a, a freshman girl, so she didn't get any time as far as what, what, what matches go. Uh, and then I got out of my nine players, I got five brand new kids. Like I'm talking like picking up the club, you know, <laughs> there's hasn't been a whole lot of golf before this year, before August came around. I got five of those kids out of my nine. So I had three kids back Mason coming back off of last year's big year going to district, Luke scores and Adam Lombers. And then I have another kid, Diego Lomley, who didn't get any varsity time last year, was back for, you know, for a sophomore year. And he, he didn't see much varsity time here and there this year, but, so we were really inexperienced. I, I brought a freshman in uh, who we really kind of begged and, and pleaded to play, and he ended up playing and having a great year for us. And I can tell you more about him. He was a key, real key to yesterday's success. And then, you know, I have another kid who played football last year, Josh Lewis, who decided to come out this year, and he's really helped us as well. So we got things turned around. We, we started the year, Mike, I, honestly, I didn't know what to expect. I just knew that Mason had to carry us, and he did at the beginning of the year. And Luke Spores had a real good steady start too. And Adam Lommers, both those guys did a great job. But we start, we start out the year, we shot a 177 in our first match. And that may not sound all that impressive, but I was really hoping that we could break 190 for the year. Honestly, I was hoping that 190 would be a great score for us. When we shot 177, I'm like, oh, okay. We had done it in practice, but you know, that, that always doesn't mean everything that your match is a little bit different mental wise. Then our next match, we shot 189. I'm like, okay, that's probably more of what I need to expect with this team. Don't get too hype yet. You know, this is probably where we're going to be. 189 was our highest score of the year. 
we never we never went that high again. We just continued to be in the one seventies, and uh, you know, as the year went on, we were really consistent around the one seventy, usually around the one high one seventies, low one eighties. Which in previous years, Michael, man, I'd have won us almost every match. Like seriously, like two three years ago, I had a team that averaged one eighty one per nine holes. We tied the school record with seventeen wins that year, and we were seventeen and five. We were seventeen and five that year. Uh, didn't play as many teams because we weren't in the NWC yet, but we had a great year. This year we were averaging 179 as a team, and we were way below 500. At one point we were not way below, but we were like nine and 11, nine and 12 at one point this year, and we're averaging 179. So I was really frustrated with guys. We're doing well. We're playing really well. We just can't get over the hump because the NWC man, they're loaded with some really good teams, and so is the PCL. I mean, the NWC sent in four teams to the district, and the PCL sent in three. So we play in, in two small conferences that are really, really good. So I kept telling the boys, we're right there, we're right there. We have golf too, and if you know anything about team golf, this is kind of a this is this is a weird stat, it's a crazy stat. But we got beat four times by one stroke. Now that's a total of four scores, four kids scores. We got beat four times. I think that's by the start one. of a different speech, actually. Yeah, no kidding, and that's. It's a, that's, that, that was frustrating. The kids were frustrated. I mean, I mean, Grove got us by, by one twice. Pandora got us by one. Uh, you know, I can't think somebody else got us by one. Can't think off the top of my head, but you know, we were just so close to being some really good teams. So, you know, they kept battling, kept battling. Even the other day at the, at the PCL, you know, I wouldn't say that it was a great, a great day for us, but it was okay. You know, and it was three sixty one was, was good. I, I I like to see it a little bit better, but of course, you know, you're a coach, you're never happy, right? So, so we we came in yesterday knowing that Pandora was probably the favorite to get that third spot. I mean, Ottaville and Kaleida, they're full of firepower. We knew we were going to have a hard time competing at that at that level. But we knew that third spot was, and I kept telling them, I said, guys, listen, there's like four or five teams that can get that third spot. Like, we're, we're right there. As soon as we can all put it together at the same time, which we had not done that all year long, we would have matches where Two guys would play really well. The other two guys were eh, not very good. We'd have we'd have a couple matches where three guys played really well, and we just couldn't get that fourth score. So I kept telling them, man, sooner or later it's got to happen. We're we're gonna we're all gonna put it together at the same time. I don't know that we all put it together toward our best yesterday, but three out of the four, and that one not being Mason. Mason still didn't play on it great yesterday. To be honest with you, he had a rough rough front nine. And uh, the other three guys just freaking picked it up. It was awesome how they how they came through at the end for us. So they are playing their best golf right now, and uh, what a great time for for that to happen. Well, when you go to districts next week, it's at Stone Ridge and Bowling Green. Have you or the boys seen or played that course? Or I guess will you get a look yeah. at it before you go up there? Absolutely, man. I, that's one thing I'm 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 always no matter if it's basketball, golf, I. I as a coach, I believe it's your job to prepare the kids the best as possible to win. So I'm, I'm, as soon as I knew we solidified that birth of district, I'm on the phone to Stone Ridge trying to figure out how I can get some, how I can get a, a tea time. So uh, we're, we're going to go Sunday afternoon. We're probably not going to be able to get all 18 holes in uh, because the darkness is getting so dark so, so late. But the only thing they had, or so early, sorry, the only thing they had open was a late afternoon tea time for us. Uh, but then, of course, the administration here supported me and allowing us to get out of school a little bit early on Monday to make a three o'clock tea time on Monday. Uh, school's not so that, important. That's right. That's right. Especially my kids, man. These kids, these kids are great students too. So that makes it easy for the administration to say, "Yeah, you know." So that's important. 
Uh, so Worked we're going to go okay Monday for that tiger guy. Heck yeah, dude. Uh, so we're going to go Monday afternoon and play as well. Uh, and the, the cool thing too, Mason made it to district last year and every one of those guys came up and supported Mason on the day that he played. So they did walk the entire course. So they do have an idea of what it looks like at least and, you know, how, how tough it can be up there. So I, they're not going in, you know, my freshman, Nick Schrader, he's in my new guy, Josh Lewis. They're, they don't have a clue what they're getting into, but they will come Sunday and Monday. Well, that's awesome. I, uh, I'm i happy for you guys. It's so great to be able to talk about this. Thank you so much for coming on. And I can just hear, I hope everybody else can hear it because I guess I know him well enough that I can hear it in his voice <laughs> and hear the proud papa and the proud coach about what this program is doing. But, I mean, all the best to, to you guys next week. I appreciate it, man. I, I, I am. I'm so excited just because, you know, we have such great fall sports here. I mean, we have sports. Our sports here are good anyway, but I'm talking lipstick. You know, I, I just, our golf team gets overshadowed quite a bit during the fall and rightfully so. We haven't, in the last couple of years, we've been pretty decent. You know, we've, we've had a, a good couple of years here, but our, our football team with Joe at the head coach, you know, he does an awesome job. They're, they're constantly, winning every year our volleyball team with coach Newell I mean they, they're they're kicking tail every year so rightfully so that golf takes a back seat in the fall because we're not there yet we're not where we want to be as far as you know competing but I'm just so happy that finally the golf team gets to be in the limelight and of course it's extra special with with Mason you know, leading us in there and kind of putting on put on his shoulders to carry us uh, carry the load as the only senior and and the guy that's you know that we look upon to to, to make that score every day every round so yeah heck yeah man i'm just i'm, I'm so thrilled to see the excitement on their face yesterday when they knew that we we had clinched that clinched that third that third spot and you know we got together last night with a little pizza party and just to hear their excitement and about golf was was it was a it was music to my ears for sure and we're, we're we're living it up that's for darn sure well for your next trick maybe you can teach me how to golf because it's not been going well hey, for the past 20 years <laughs> yeah it's a tough game man it's a tough game i got to tell you what it's, it's a it's a relentless game. I said that a couple times yesterday. This game is just relentless. It does not – just when you think you got it, you don't. So I can do my best to help you, though. We can I, always try it, man. I use a lot of other words, and a lot of them start with expletives. <laughs> uh, I'm probably guilty of that, too. Yeah, they're, more, right, well. they're more the adjective of how this game starts. Stupid is one that keeps coming up. A high school kid helps me with that, so that, that way I don't have <laughs> right. to work. That really does help me, help me in that sense. So <laughs> I've been better end, that. I think, why the hell did I just pay for that? yeah exactly all right well again i wish you guys the best luck and i thank you for doing this thanks man i appreciate you reaching out and uh and love to talk to you anytime man i appreciate it that's ellipsics golf coach kevin brandt more when we come back here on around the hern Tony's on Main Street in Ottawa, home of the Titan Burger, and if you're really hungry, the Cow Tipper. Tony's grounds their hamburger meat each day. Each patty is fresh and never frozen and not cooked until you order it. Don't forget to add some of the great sides like French fries, pickle fries, and their great breaded mushrooms. While you're there, you can't forget to get some of their great ice cream, ice cream treats, and frozen yogurt. Tony's on Main Street in Ottawa, making burger history since 1962. Just to finish things up here, the 1st of October. I'm still reeling about that, imagining that, you know, the summer is coming to an end. Now, this is going to be the day that I think fall starts and the fall sports season in full effect. We're not that far away from basketball season and uh, a lot of things going on. We'll talk more 
about the uh, tournaments in uh, golf and about getting started in the soccer season. And we're not that far away from football season next week. All the shows will hopefully talk about teams getting ready for their uh, state championship runs. But a big thanks to uh, Kevin Brandt, the Ellipsic golf coach and the assistant for the boys basketball program, talking about his program and about the uh, golf team's success throughout the course of the year now as members of the Northwest Conference. And uh, I really enjoyed talking to Dean Paul, the head coach at Ohio Northern University, his team with a big matchup tomorrow, and uh, a lot of things positive for that Northern football program. Thank you so much for listening wherever you are, wherever you may be. Have a great night and even better tomorrow. And thanks for supporting this little show. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.